broadcasting from Northeast Florida. This is the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Here are your hosts, Captain Don Taylor Jr. and Captain Ty McNeely. Hey, what's going on? It's Backwater Hustle, the fishing podcast. It's Captain Ty McNeely. What's up, Don Taylor? What's going on with your day, man? Another day, another dollar. How you doing, Captain Don? Man, I'm doing pretty good, man. How about you, bud? How you been? Doing great, doing great, doing great. I realized you were out of town a couple of days, I think, right? Went to Seattle. What's in Seattle? Uh, rain and cold weather. Yeah, I've been there one time. Uh, wouldn't be on my list of places to go back. Not that it's a bad place. Let me qualify that. Not listen. I'm not saying it's a bad place or anything Uh-oh. now. Uh oh. I just saying, I've been there before, and it was uh, cold and rainy too. And man, we were there like four days, and it rained the whole entire time. And yeah, so, it wasn't that bad, man. I went up there, and and um, you know the worst thing about the whole thing was the flight over there. It was a long flight, and uh, how many hours is it? It was uh, four hours and forty five minutes from Atlanta. Bob, I flew to Hawaii. You've been to Hawaii, right? Oh yeah, that's a long flight. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like flight. thirteen hours and some change. No, when I flew, it was. I, maybe with the time change, the time zone changes, but I don't. Was it nine hours in? Maybe. Yeah, it's about yeah seven and a half. Yeah, because I flew from here to L.A. and then from L.A. over to. Uh, well, everything. I take that back. I take that back. I flew from here to Hartsfield. Where's that? Uh, Atlanta. That's Atlanta. Yeah, and then, from, and then from Atlanta straight to Hawaii from Atlanta. Yeah, it's a long shot. Yeah, man, it was just brutal. Yeah. Very very brutal. But anyways. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good hike, but I kept watching that tracker thing. You know, like you're here and you're the red dot, and it's like going beep, beep, beep. You know, I fell asleep, and woke up, and it's like you're here, and like we haven't moved anywhere. Yeah, you, you know, you're going 400 mile an hour. Yeah, but uh, you haven't moved. So yeah, I went over. I was in Seattle. I went over there and hung out with uh, Patrick over at Patrick's Fly Shop and uh, all the rock stars over there in Seattle. All the yeah. all the techies. Yeah, hung out with those guys around there. Paul Allen and those guys. Yeah, no, I didn't hang out with any of those techno geeks. I would though. And uh, hey, geeks rule the world, man. If they're looking to get on the podcast, uh, we'll take you. Don't they rule the world? I think. Yeah. So no, uh, actually, they really do. Yeah, they do. We kind of like us. Anyway, yeah. so well, yeah, I was over there hanging out with a couple fly shop guys. I went over there and gave them a little East Coast love, and uh, you know, pimp, cool. pimped them up a little bit. And uh, so we're dropping them out here. The uh, the avid the avid angler fly shop there in Seattle, and uh, Patrick's fly now shop. We have an avid angler here in Jacksonville. We're yeah. down St. Augustine, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are pretty cool. So if you're out there listening, man, here's to you guys. Uh, if you uh, if you're in that area, hit them up. Uh, the guys are pretty straight up. They'll so they're actually in. they're actually in Seattle, Washington, though. Yes, Seattle itself. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're not in the city limits of Seattle. They're they're um, they're just outside of that. I'm but. glad you're making the fly shop run because that's not my. Oops, I, I shouldn't say that either. That's right, just not. I'm a, I'm a spin fisherman. Wherever I'm at, I'll you be know, in so. uh, I'll be in Tennessee next week, and I'll check out a couple of places out there to do a little fishing myself. And uh, you Tennessee, really? Yeah, I'll be in Tennessee next week. I didn't know that. Monday and Tuesday. What part? Memphis. I'm gonna go to Graceland. I'm gonna do. Yeah, you a, know, I met a guy on Facebook a couple of days ago from Memphis, Tennessee. You know that that should that. be a country song. I need to look it up, man, because he's a cool dude. Uh, <clears> I met him. Uh, he sent me a request to join the uh, the backwater hustlers group <clears throat> excuse me and uh he was from memphis really don't, cool. don't we have a rock star that's uh, uh mr uh, paul ivy who uh the great and wonderful paul ivy that cuts our intro music for us um hmm. great good friend of the show um maybe he should take that title what's that 
um, what you mm-hmm. just said about I had a. I've got a friend in Memphis. I got a friend in Memphis. Is there a song? I think there's a song like that already. Yeah, you got a friend in Memphis. Isn't that Barney? I, I think there already is. I think that's Barney. Like Bruce Hornsby in the range or something. Anyway, what else is going on with you, bud? Man, just uh, doing it, man, since I talked to you last. You know, you and I went out and killed some redfish here recently. We didn't kill them, but we went and caught some. Yeah, we went out. Well, no, we didn't. We didn't literally we kill didn't them. We didn't literally kill them. Yeah, I don't want those people on us either, you know. Yeah. We are strictly conservation-minded here at the Backwater Hustle Podcast and the uh, Backwater Hustlers Group, uh, Intro Outdoors Fishing and the Fishingo Guide Service. We practice conservation. We try to catch and release. We have conservations all the time. Pretty much, yeah. Anytime I meet somebody, I have a converse, conservation. Me too. I like conversation. Yeah. And I just, we it got me weird the first time they said, you know, you should always wet your hands when you're having a conservation. And then I said, wait a minute, they're talking about something totally different. Man, I'll tell you something. Conversation. Something wild too. So I applied for this certain group uh, to be on their guided, um, you know, their page or whatever you want to call it, you know, their uh they recommend you. Uh, I'm God, not gonna say God listing. God listing. There you go. Thank you, man. It's been one of those days, and uh, that's what I'm here for. Well, they vetted, I guess, my website, and they vetted my uh, our Facebook page and all our social media links, and they were so kind enough to tell me that I was accepted to be one of their uh, premier guides. So I thank them for that. But. Every time I say butt, boy, I get in trouble, don't I? <laughs> yeah, well, it's those police. Uh, and so uh, they proceeded to tell me that a few of my pictures, just two, and they named them specifically, that one of them was holding the fish by the lip, by its lip, and it yeah. happened to be that big 29-and-a-half-inch trout I caught. Yeah, you should never do that. And, uh, well, he was... If you're taking them home with you, that's one thing. Well, at sure. the time, you know, two years ago, I didn't know what I had, but so fast forward... So I got reprimanded for that, and then there was another one where I'm holding a huge redfish, and they said that it looked like my fingers was up near the gills of it. Yeah. I was holding it correctly, but it was near the gills, which I know all this now. I mean, I, I know this anyway, but uh, I was just surprised that they had, had vetted my pictures. So I felt pretty good that out of, you know, a thousand pictures, they only found two of them that were suspect, and they kindly asked if I could uh, maybe remove those because they didn't want the, you know, my uh, clients and other people who follow us on social media to think that it was okay to hold fish in that particular manner. Sweet. Just being censored again, you know, how can I tell you? <laughs> well, that's that's what happens, man, I guess, you know, and uh, I don't mind being... I don't practice anyways, and I would think that they could look at the other 998 pictures, you know, that I'm holding a fish this way or my clients are holding a fish minute, this way. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why in the world, if you had a 1,000 pictures... And 998 of them were all good. And two of them were bad. Why would anyone look at more than two of them nowadays? Uh, man, I don't know. <clears throat> they just I, don't. I'm just telling you what I said. You watch a two-hour movie. Okay? Yeah, remember you watch 10 minutes of it. You watch a two-hour movie, and the only thing that you love or hate is the uh, trailer, right? The, th- the three- or four-minute clip that you've got in your mind that you really liked or you really hated, and uh, you toss the rest of the... Uh, Movie out with the bathwater. It said, um, "Thank you, did it, uh, your submission. You've been approved. We're glad to have you. Uh, you demonstrate ways to increase the survival rates of saltwater fish caught, so forth and so on. Uh, thank you for your uh, outfitters and guides web listing. 
uh, as the number of anglers continues to grow on our coastal habitats, so forth and so on, uh, based on the catch and release and handling fish techniques that FWC promotes, uh, photos and videos included on your website evaluated using this criteria follow. There is one that a fish is supported horizontally with wet hands. There are no hands or fingers in the fish gills or eyes. And it goes on to tell you about tarpon, photos of fish, bag, bag limits, limits, you know, size limits, catch limits, so forth and so on. Right. And it says, through the many photos on your website, they are great and show fish being held properly. However, there are two photos that show fish hanging vertically, show a fish hanging vertically by their jaws or with the fingers in their gills. Yeah. And it gets even real specific. It says, the photo of the spotted sea trout, extremely large, it says, extremely large spotted sea trout vertically is of a concern since they are very sensitive fish and do not handle stress very well. Right. Then it tells me about the legal size, which I already know that. Now you can mm-hmm. keep one over 20. I know all that. And then after it says all this stuff, it says, please consider removing these photos and displaying only photos that show proper handling techniques so that anglers who view your website will um, be, be more likely to handle fish in a way that will maximize their chances of pond survival and release. That's awesome. So, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for the uh, the criticism there uh, and the scrutiny on my uh, my two fish that you guys found to be improperly held. It takes some serious research for that. But I appreciate the opportunity to be on your guide listing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'll be sure to. Well, Captain Don, you just got you know, in trouble, buddy. That's me? all. I yeah. Know. Just uh, that's what you can say. I know we got that white elephant in the room that we're going to discuss here a little bit, you know. Uh, no, nah, I'm only going to discuss portions of it. Well, maybe portions of it, but, you know, we'll, well, I do want to get to that. Maybe I don't even it. recognize that there's a whole elephant. I only recognize the elephant's, um, I can't say that word. I can only say elephant's tail. So I trunk. can't say the whole entire elephant. trunk. Yeah. It's a pretty big elephant, though. Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> what we were discussing was um, one of the, I wouldn't say the last time you and I fished, because we did fish the Florida Plover in the uh, Florida Pro Redfish Series tournament. We did do and, that. Um, but we're going to digress on that point for a few minutes. And, okay. Uh, you know, a week or so ago we went out, and you and I, and um, I don't know that we could have picked a worse day to be on the water. Um, the forecast was absolutely beautiful. It called for, uh, you know, it was about 70 degrees that day, I think is what it was calling for, and a light wind and a 30% chance of rain. And what we found out was, it was about 56 degrees. Yeah, it was chilly that day. It rained like hell for Ooh. all day. All day pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And um, mm. the, the wind was about 25 miles an hour. Yeah, it was, it was really windy. And, um, you know, we absolutely blistered the fish. Yeah, like I, you know, I've talked you know, in private uh, of all the fishing I've done. It was probably the second or probably not, uh, probably the third or fourth worst weather day that I have ever fished in voluntarily or involuntarily. And the fish that you and I caught that day is probably the top two or three days of fishing. And when, when I clarify that, I mean, we caught a lot of fish, yeah. But the size of fish that we caught and the, just the quality, the, you know, the 25 to 27, 7 to 8 pound range, yeah. um, it's been, it's, I haven't had a day like that, um, you know, where, where they were back to back to back like that, how we called them. And, yeah, it was uh, 
it's definitely a day I'll remember for a long time. Yeah, we went out and put it on them that day, and all those fish were fish were caught and released properly. We've got pictures of them on our websites and on our uh, podcast page, and they all swam else. away. Yeah, they all swam away. That's yeah, right. So if anybody out there listening wants to see a, a glimpse of what a beat down on some redfish looks like, you can go to the um, Backwater Hustle Facebook page or the Backwater Hustlers group. Apply, and uh, if you meet the requirements to be a backwater hustler. We will approve you, and uh, you'll be part of this click. Yeah, and it's not like it's, it's hard to be a backwater hustler, but uh, you know we do have yeah. questions that they that they actually made you us. Got to qualify, brother. Got to qualify, and uh, we have it's you know tell you what the support here has absolutely been overwhelming. Um, we really appreciate everyone's taking the time out to post pictures and to uh, send us. I've gotten you know private messages, man. I've gotten text messages and emails, and it's been just crazy. All the people that have uh, signed up and to, to be on, you know, part of the Backwater Hustlers group, and then also have you know their, their friends now the Backwater Hustler, Backwater Hustle Deep Fishing Podcast page, and uh, it's been crazy, man. I mean, it's that's great, but it's been uh, you know it's pretty overwhelming though. Yeah, it's good. It's good. We um you know we've got people from all over the uh, country that are uh, the world starting to new, check us out. And, new, yeah, yeah, we've got some yeah. people from overseas. The UK, and, man, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a good thing. Argentina. So we appreciate that from everybody out there. That's uh, you know, if you're on our page and you've liked it or you, you've supported us in any way, shape, or form, thank you for that. And uh, so anyway, the fishing. <clears throat> if you remember, speaking of weather, we we covered this in our weather myth or our myth episode a few episodes back ago. We had uh, <laughs> fishing myths um, explained, debunked, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. and uh, we discussed the weather. And um, there was another episode we talked about the weather, and I don't rem- remember the name of that one, so it doesn't matter. And okay. um, yeah, you we remember, did. Yeah, we did. Was it on a Friday? Oh yeah, it was oh, on a Friday. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, fun Friday. That's right. I, mean, I remember now. Yeah. So anyway, we uh, you know, so the weather thing's always important to us. I know you and I both study the weather, and, and most captains do, and, and I think all fishermen should. And um, well, you have to. I don't mean to cut you off, but for the safety of your clients, and you know, the safety of your trip, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, you know, obviously, you got to know where the wind's going to be coming out of, so where you can and can't set up at. But you know, more importantly, the weather's a you know factor. Like I said, for the safety of yourself and for right. your clients or for your trip, you know. Yeah, and, and outside, you know, when you're inshore fishing, rarely is the wind going to create a water surface um, issue. It, what I mean is, is rarely is the the weather going to cause waves large enough to really affect you. So where the weather comes into play. Um, if it's extremely cold or extremely hot, you know, you got to pay attention to that stuff. If you're a recreational angler or a professional angler, uh, the weather, in my opinion, is uh, it affects the fishermen, not the fish. I believe the fish are going to bite. They're going to eat. Um, they have to eat. And I had a discussion with a guy on um, online uh, earlier this week, and he told me I was absolutely wrong. He had been fishing. You probably are. <clears throat> I don't think so. He'd been fishing for, uh, you know, a, a few uh, weeks here in Florida now. And uh, he was from Kansas City. And he just moved down here. And he was a proud member of the United States Navy. And I thanked him for that. I invited him to come on the show and sit down and talk to us about places he's been. And he just told me that I was absolutely wrong because uh, he's been fishing before in the cold weather and the fish didn't bite. And he said, fish do not bite when it's cold. Uh, they get clammed up. They get uh, lethargic. And uh, they will not eat. And that's amazing to me because I know I've seen people catch fish ice fishing. Those fish are cold, brother. 
Well, I mean, you know, I've seen killer whales eating seals. Well, I think the, in the I, Arctic. That I think the cold. big thing is, is that uh, you know the other fish do have to eat, and they're going to eat. Yeah, I get, I get, I get that. Now, can it make it make them lethargic to where they may not eat as fast or as quick? Yeah, sure. And I think that's why a lot of guys you'll hear, uh, you know, people will say um, they had locked jaw today, and I get that because I we I've kind of experienced that myself. But the fact is, you know, you'll still catch them, but you may not catch them when you want to catch them. And so, you know, especially when you're in a tournament, you know, or you're doing a guide or a trip, uh, you may be limited on time. And in your opinion, when you're out there and you're throwing lures at them and stuff and they won't eat, your first thing is, oh, you know, they won't eat, they have locked jaw. Well, yeah. they may, you know, they're lethargic at that point. I get that. They may have locked lock jaw then, but the reality of it is they're going to eat at some point. I'm, yeah, they're going to eat. And I and think... So, you know, and I think what it boils down to then is is what people are accustomed to. And if you're accustomed to going out to your spot, you get your dead shrimp or your live baits or your whatever you're fishing with, and you've got your spot that you go to every Saturday and every Sunday, and as long as the sun is straight up, the wind is light out of the southeast, and you can sit there and you can just wear them out one after the other after the other. When the weather changes, those fish may move. And they may not move far. So you say, oh, fish aren't biting. Fish have locked jaw. They're not chewing, whatever. But in reality, they are. They just had to move over here to get comfortable. Well, I'm referring to the guys that I know personally that fish with us, against us, and they'll be on their towers or up on you know their, their platforms and whatnot, and they can see the fish. Right. And they're pitching at them. And... They won't have nothing to do with it. I mean, I've right. had I've had it happen to me before. You oh know? yeah, so it, yeah. You know, I, I think that's too. what a lot of guys say they have locked jaw. Well, um, it might be one of them. They're you not know, comfortable. They I think a lot of times they're under pressure. You know. I yeah, mean, they, they don't they, want they can probably chicken. see you. <laughs> but there's well, a lot of reasons why. But yeah, that, there could be a lot of reasons to that. There, yeah. there could be. But um, I hear that quite a bit. You know about how they have locked jaw and whatnot. And so, I mean, I've said it before myself because I, you know, I do think you know sometimes they just. They just won't eat until they get ready to, you know, and that's just part of it. Well, I agree with that. I mean, if nothing does, that's why they're fish for, you know what I mean? That's yeah. why they um, that's why they do what they do, man. That's why they're fish. Yep. And if we yep. knew all that stuff, we would be, like, on television and... Um, Wait a minute, we are. Well, I guess that's true to a certain extent. But <clears throat> if we knew all that, we'd tell you. So uh, we'll probably tell you anyway. It doesn't matter. If I knew, it definitely helped. Yeah. So we uh, we got out. We fished a couple charters, um, right? More than a few in between uh, last week or so. And uh, the great thing about um, being in Florida and not being in Seattle is that um, fishing is on fire right now, and it's coming on strong. The spring is here. February is over, and um, here it comes, boys. So if you fish or you have a fishing pole. Um, and you're going out right now, and you're not catching fish. You're just not doing it right. Well, and you're right. It is it is definitely starting to get really good here right now. I've, I've talked to a lot of guys. Uh, I myself have you know been on the water, and the bite has been really really good. I've talked to guys from all over our area, uh, down south in Flagler, past Flagler, up here. You know, you're up in you're up north. Uh, I'm you know here in Jacksonville. And yeah, I, every guy I talked to was talking about how good the bite has been. You know, the, the, the bite is in, a, lot, a lot of different bites too. You know, right now the black drum are rolling through. So I've got some buddies that have caught some 
big, big, big black drum. Oh yeah, uh, just this past weekend. Yeah, uh, the redfish bite, as you know, has been really, really good. Uh, the trout bite is starting to really heat up again, and it's going to get get better as we go into this month and then into April. Uh, so yeah, you're right. Now's the time to. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. You may have to deal with a little bit of wind. You may have to deal with a little bit of precipitation yeah. at some point, maybe because it's that time of year. But the reality of it is, it's getting. Um, yeah, it's getting good. It's getting good, brother. And you know, for us and for a lot of people that we know, the fishing's good year round for us. You know, we know how to fish, and there's a lot of good. There, you know, Captain Don and myself, we're both captains here in Northeast Florida, and and we pride ourselves on being good That's fishermen. That's the rumor. But there are a lot of good captains in this area. There's a lot of good fishermen in this area. Whether they're, and there's a lot of good recreational guys too. A lot of guys that don't carry that captain nameplate that are still great fishermen. They're they're good fishermen. They're solid competitors in the tournament in the tournament series and those type things. Um, well, and, I think you just I mean to cut you off again because I always do that for somebody. But if I don't say it, I'm thinking about it. I think that you got to see that. You know, like like I think we said earlier. Ty and I, we participated in the uh, Florida Pro Redfish Series Tournament, and we fished what I think personally is probably against the best fishermen uh, in this area, in the state of Florida. I mean, you know, there's some really, really good fishermen, and you, you saw it. I mean, there were some huge bags weighed. Oh, yeah, there's no I doubt. Mean, and so, I mean, and I'm not knocking any other so let me just let me categorize. I'm not knocking any other people that fish from a, a different way or fish from this or fish from that. Well, as far as as far as professional tournament fishermen go, yeah, there were eighty. There were um, 70. seventy boats. That's a two man team. So you had a hundred and forty of the best fishermen in the southeastern United States in boats, hands yeah. down. Well, yeah, hands right. down. These guys were out there. Uh, tough conditions, foggy in the morning, windy. Um, windy as hell um, in the evening. Um, the cloudy. It was it was overcast. It was cloudy. Then it was sunny. Then it was cloudy, and it was just crazy. Um, the only thing that we had really good, and that you could really ask for, was we had a good tide. We had a good tournament tide, and that's that's tied up this in the tournament in probably two years. Yeah. So <clears throat> here here we got seventy boats, and um, yeah, the weather wasn't too bad. I mean, it was in the mid seventies, so it yeah. wasn't like it was. Uh, it, it did get pretty hot around what one one thirty or two, something like that. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't like it was. Uh, it was a little chilly in the morning, yeah. but it wasn't like it was. You know, forty eight degrees and the wind was blowing. Maybe so it was. It, it was one of the better conditions that I fished in in a long time. Now the wind did get pretty brisk. Yeah, it got around noon or something like that, twelve thirty. But so out of seventy boats, we had forty seven boats weigh fish. Two fish? No, one, at least one fish. At least one fish, okay. Um, two fish, we had um, 40 boats. 40 wow. out of 70 weighed two fish, and that was a two-fish bag limit. Um, there was a lot of guys weighed a good bag. And the average uh, the average fish in the tournament was somewhere around the... We just do the top... Uh, 5.9 pounds, something. What was the first, like, top 15 weight? 16, because I know we had almost 11... Three quarters or something like that. I forget what it was, 11.7 or something like that. Yeah, we were in there at 11.48 at That's 16. What we were? Yeah, we were 11.48 at 16 at 16 place. So go down, go down and tell me what, like, uh, like top 20 were. What, what was the uh, top 20 weight? The top 20 guy, the top 20 boat would have been Angry Seas Boat. That don't is, say him out. Don't, don't say him. I'm just talking about what uh, was their weight. Uh, they had uh, 10.97 pounds. So you're right there. So the top 20 boats 
10 pounds or better. 10 pounds or better. Yeah, the, but the, the winning bag was only 15.11. So the top 20. Only. Well, I'm saying only in, in mathematical terms. So it's between. One, one of the heaviest bags I've ever seen by then. Between number one and number 20, less than five pounds. Well, that's a lot, though. Less, yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm that's saying. That's a whole fish. But when you really think about it, that's a lot of. It's not a lot of weight packed into um, 40 fish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, nah, y'all know. It's not. To so, me, to me, it is. I mean, you can lose by a pound. You, to me, yeah. the ones I what, tournaments I've been in, you know, a guy, a guy totally blisters the whole field if he beats him by a pound. Right. You know, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so that's pretty drastic. Well, we lost on our boat. We had a nice fish, and we lost big fish by a tenth of an ounce. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had a perfect what they would consider to be a perfect 27 incher, and uh, redfish here in the state of Florida slot limit is um, 27. Uh, the the Length limit is 27 inches, and we were right on the button. Yeah. And um, eight point what was it eight point one nine or something? I think. Yeah, it was. It makes me nauseous. Eight point one nine, and um, the big fish was eight point two eight. So um, that's that's a tenth. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so the the guys that won the won this red fish red fish pro series are two local boys here from Northeast Florida. The good old guys from the north side. Yeah. That's right. Two guys and. Um, we're going to have these guys on the show here in the next week or so. I think uh, they took their uh, winnings and left the country. They did. They left the country. Uh, I think I talked to one, one half of them today, and I think they're going to try to shoot forward uh, this next Thursday. Right. It all depends on when the one gets back. Okay. Whenever, uh, the, uh, Kel, whenever Chris Kellum gets back from their trip, I think if he gets back in time, they're going to try to come do it. So okay. if not, then uh, it's going to be the following Thursday, right. It's all going to depend on his him him when he gets back. So right. So those two guys, we can give them a big shout out. They had two fish, two nice fish. They weighed a seven point nine three, and they weighed a seven point one eight for a total of fifteen point one one, and that is uh, angler uh, Tom Riley and uh, Chris Kellum. Yeah, they're good buddies of mine. Yep. Uh, I respect those guys, man. They they do it right and they they grind. You know, not flashy. Um, you know, just work at it, work hard. And without, without saying a whole lot, because I want them to t- be able to you know, tell everyone, you know, they dealt with some trials and some tribulations of uh, just trying to fish the tournament. Yeah. So we're going to have them on the show and let them kind of walk us through their day and, uh, you know, how they uh, caught those fish and, you know, obviously congratulate them on a huge bag and just a hard day's work and that they deserved it, man. Trust me. That's right. You know, so. Yeah. So what are the tournaments we got coming up here? We know we got the uh, Redfish Pro Series tournaments coming up and that, that yeah, thing's the, runs. Yeah, this weekend, uh, the Florida Pro is going to be over in, uh, is it called the Emerald Coast? The Emerald Coast. Over in Panama City, uh, March the 3rd. It's going to be out of the Panama City over there. And then a few weeks, a few weeks from now, we're having the first IFA, which is the Big Daddy, you know. The IFA is going to be here in Jacksonville. It's going to be out of Sisters Creek, I believe, on March the seventeenth, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds so, about right. So that'll be a big, uh, you know, that'll be a big. It's one of the bigger tournaments that we have here, and there'll be a lot of boats in it. I think last year the first one we fished in was, <clears throat> I think about ninety boats. I want to say, eighty nine or ninety boats. Um, you know, be big heavy hitters from all across the, our area. So the the Florida Pro is this the first tournament of the year for those guys, or? I don't think it's the first one for those guys. I think they've already had one over on the east on the different on the different coast, but I'm not I'm not sure. All right. So this could be number two. And they well, turn yeah, in well, some. Yeah, they have like the Big Bend series, they have the uh Emerald Coast, they have the East Coast and Panama City. Did you say that? that? That's in that's over in the Emerald Coast, I believe it is. 
not the stadium. Yeah. So last year, the second tournament over there in the Emerald Coast, uh, the winning bag over there was 16.73 pounds. Yeah, so. Nice, nice big fish. So they had a 15-pound bag and a 15-pound bag again. Where's that in Panama City? The top three, Emerald Coast. What yeah. tournament was it, did you say? The second tournament. Think about how big that is. Does it show what their fish were? Individually? Yeah, just like the top, the, the top, you know, the weights of, the, of those fish. No, the, well, the top three were 16.7, 15.0, 15.0. So, Kellams and them, there was, they were 15, 11. So they would have came in second, second place. place. Wow. Yeah, and over here, they put a beating on us all, and over there, they would have came in second and barely squeaked out second. I tell you what, it's a lot of, uh, not some big boats, need some big bags. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, people don't understand how. I guess if you know you folks fish out there, it's hard. It really is. Um, that's why I appreciate it when I see it. It is hard to catch two really, really good fish. I mean, you know, you can always catch like we, just like we did, having you know, a, pretty much a tournament, a big fish of the tournament, and then to back that fish up with another twenty-six and a half or twenty-seven inch fish that's going to take to win one of these things now as good as the competition has gotten. Right. I mean, that's what's hard about it is you know you can go out and catch two twenty-fives or a twenty-five and a twenty-six or a 25 and a 27 and you think you're sitting pretty good you know 11 12 pounds like us and boom somebody rolls up there with two seven and a half you know, yeah. pound fish i mean that's just a lot of weight you know yeah and it's tough fishing with artificials and anybody that says it's not they've they've never fished with artificials and live bait it's uh it is different you gotta you know with with live bait fishing the bait helps you do the work and bait does a, most of the work there's a natural well you and i fish them a little bit differently than most people i think you know we we still, you know, even with live mullet on or whatever, we still jig them around and move them. And, yeah, I still move them. And, them. and a lot of folks don't, you know, and a lot of guys are afraid of getting them hung up. We fish them right in the cover, right in the rocks, right in whatever's there. We go right into the mouth of the structure, and a lot of people don't. And, and the advice that you hear a lot of times is, you know, fish for these fish in, um, it'll tell you, around structure, around the base of the oyster beds, around the base of the structure. And, and we, you and I, we go right into the middle of that structure, and uh, we use a light jigging method to pull that fish through that structure. Sometimes you get hung up and break one off, and uh, sometimes you don't, but you and I go out and consistently catch fish. I mean, I, I try to fish them around. <clears throat> excuse me. I try to fish them around the structure. I mean, I, I will fish them on top of the structure, depending on how deep it is. But with that being said, you know, most time I will fish around them first, over them, then around them, you know, and I will try to target, obviously, the points and you know, where there's going to be an eddy coming through there, fish the base of it where the fish stage up at sometimes in the base of it. But, but yeah, I like to keep mine moving. I like to keep it moving in the current. I know a lot of guys will go out and Carolina rig it, if you will, which I don't do any Carolina rigging at all with my charters. Um, I think that's why, you know, my charters are pretty successful, even though what some may, you know, some may say, uh, I have some pretty good, you know, most of my charters are pretty successful. We catch a lot of fish and a lot of big fish too, uh, you know, regardless of what you may hear. And that sort of stuff, but but yeah, I like to keep it keep it moving though. And I, I try to teach my clients about how, you know, how to do that, how to cover water, uh, how to, that way you, you can have your bait in front of uh, more fish, have the opportunity to catch more fish. Right. And as long as that continues to work, then I'll keep doing that. Yeah, so, and I think it works pretty good for us. <clears throat> I do too. You know, in the tournament condition uh, that we fished in, we were fishing with artificial baits, mm-hmm. 
And uh, we caught fish pretty much all day. We didn't catch big fish, but we caught fish all day. Well, you know, we caught every, every fish we caught was a uh, was a legal keep. Was a legal. I caught one fish that was seventeen inches. Yeah. Other than that, they were all slot fish. They were low slot fish. Uh, you know, eighteen, nineteens. But uh, yeah, we did. We caught all legal fish all day, which I think is a lot, sometimes that's a product of you know fishing with artificials. In my opinion, uh, you're going to catch. Depend on it depends on what you're using as well. But I mean, yeah, we did. Um, we had a good day. I mean, you know, it's hard to hang your head. I mean, hard to, you know, yeah, it stinks that you have such a big fish and then can't back it up. But like I told you from this year, well, I'm out, we're out hog hunting, slob hunting. I'm out to catch two fish all day. These guys that say, and I'm not knocking them, so let me go ahead and clarify that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to come in and go, hey, we, you know, we caught 40 fish all day long, da, da, da. Well, if you did, you, weren't, you were in the wrong areas to catch big fish. And I, I want to be where... I have, you know, like we just like we did. I, I want to be aware. I know where those big fish are at, and really, realistically, I want to have two bites all day. I want to catch two fish all day, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about that a little bit. We, you and I, um, whether together or independently, um, for for those for those, I'm sure there's people out there. Maybe you don't care, and if you don't, you just have to bear with us for a few minutes um, as we talk through this. And what I'm going to talk about here is basically. A tournament structure, a tournament setup, how we approach it, a mindset of the tournament, and and the way Captain Don myself uh, approached the tournament was with, uh, you know, we staged out spots, and and most guys do this. These aren't big secrets amongst guys that are fishing uh, competitively. Uh, so we have an A spot and a B spot and a C spot and a D spot, and uh, then you just got a hell mary basically after that. And uh, Captain Don myself, we spent a lot of time. Um, I don't know if I would say hundreds of hours, but we spent a lot of hours developing what would have become our A spot for this first tournament. Probably forty, probably forty to probably forty to sixty hours, honestly. Yeah, we. I mean, we you really think about it individually. I know I spent one full day there by myself. Probably collectively, you we spent probably there, spent sixty hours. Yeah, so we we developed the spot. And what we mean by develop the spot is we. We charted the spot. We've sat on the spot. We fished the spot. So we knew fish were there. Uh, then it's a matter of trying to sit back and pattern those fish. We knew big fish were there. We knew big fish were there. <clears throat> yeah, right. we knew big fish were there. And once we, once we caught, you know, three or four of these. When I say big fish, I mean between twenty six and twenty seven inches tournament winning fish. Yeah, upper seven, low eight pound range. Yeah, absolutely. Fish. And then once we knew that they were there, yeah, then we methodically you know we backed off and backed off went and watched them you know would go by you know certain tides and to see, to see if we could see you know them waking or see them pushing or tailing um we would go and see if you know if they would even bite on a certain tide because we, we caught them on one tide uh, and we went back on about two other tides and couldn't even get a bite right so they were obviously there on you know the one tide right um but a lot of us just watching you yeah, know, watching them and and not fishing it, and that's the yeah, hardest thing for it, yeah. fishermen is to sit in an area where you know is productive. It's a productive fishery, and not to fish it. and And how do you sit in an area and watch an area for eight hours with recreational weekenders riding by and seeing you? And uh, anyway, we we developed the spot and, and we put a lot of time into it. So that became our A spot. And then uh, a mile or two down the river, we had a B spot and a, a C spot. And the D, the D, if you're fishing the D spot, you're probably in a lot of trouble. Yeah, you are, yeah. Um, so on a, we felt real good about our plan, I believe. I did. I felt real confident in what we were going to do. And, um, you know, the, the, the big thing for me was just trying to outfish 
the fish. You know, and all those big names, I get it. There's some very respectable guys that we fished against. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I worried about all that stuff last year. That that yeah. doesn't uh, yeah. that doesn't phase me this year. Last year, I was kind of a uh, wow, you know, and oh, that's ooh, really, that's, oh, it's, oh, wow, that's him. Oh, wow, I've seen his, yeah. you know, that this, yeah. that this year is totally. And uh, they, listen, we're not taking anything away from any of those guys. They are some great guys out there on this tour. I mean, just some of the best people. I respect several of them. I've got you'll you know, ever meet. Yeah, yeah. yeah, some of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, and, and very gracious with their time. And some of the best fishermen <clears throat> that we have here in the southeast. Yeah. Um, but for us and our approach, we had to out, we had to outfish each other. Well, I mean, our thing is, you know, you and I are fairly new to the the tournament series, if you will. I mean, last year was my first, I would say, full year in fishing or trying to fish some of these major uh, tournaments. And so last year I was just trying to get my feet wet and trying to get acclimated to what boat ramp I'm going to. Right. And, you know, just cause some of the places I went to, I've never been they've never been to once. Right. And you're fishing against guys who've been there for 30 years or so. Yeah, they've 40 been years. And yeah. so Yeah, and so, you know, like yeah. I always say, I wish I'd tell you where you know you and I may have an A B an A B and C and D spot. Well, they've got A one A two A three A four A you know and, and so forth and so on and on down the line. And for any weather, any conditions, or any tide, and it just puts you at a at a disadvantage. But I think like we did, and like I told you, you know, we work hard and try to develop something that works for us. And I think that we did that, and it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it paid off. It really did. I mean, for us to you know catch the second the second biggest fish of the whole damn tournament. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's pretty good. You know. Right. And, I mean, sixteenth isn't bad out of seventy boats. Right. No, it's not. So it's respectable with the field that we had to compete. Sure, in. absolutely, man. So we we prepared. We were ready to go. Uh, so there's variables <gasps> to everybody's fishing day, right? And, sure. and, and ours for that morning was fog. It was a lot foggier than we anticipated. We didn't have it in the forecast. Um, a hat. We had, we had a hat problem. We had a hat problem. <laughs> And uh, so we ended up running into our spot, which was about an hour run um, yeah. from where we put in the water for where our checkout was at. And they let us go, and we took off. But I had about an hour run in the boat. And um, so we got to where we were going. And uh, lo and behold, we pull up on our A spot, and there's a recreational uh, weekender fishing our spot. Well, they were near it. You know. Yeah, that, they were close enough to <clears throat> it that we couldn't fish it. Yeah, and, and we just to kind of tell the folks, uh, during, there are certain rules that prohibit you from fishing within 100 yards of a... I think this one might have been 50 yards, but they were still, they were there. 100 yards, isn't it? Or is it 100 yards from a competitor? Yeah, it don't matter. I don't Regardless, know. Regardless, there's, there's some rule that, that, that doesn't allow you to, which, I mean, I, I agree with it. You know, you're not allowed to fish near a... A individual that's fishing on the bottom with bait and so just for the sake of not wanting to because if you were if you are you know if you do win uh they give you a lie detector test and ty and i just just to be on the up and up we didn't really we weren't really sure how far these folks would have been from us and we just didn't want any kind of uh if we would have pulled in there, we would have been within whatever it was, 50 yeah, feet yeah, or so 100 I, yes, feet or 100 yards. We would have been within about 20 feet of them if we had pulled in there where we wanted to be. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't want to take the chance of having that come back on us, and so we decided to uh, leave there and run to our B spot, which worked out good. The because, B spot turned out producing good fish for us. You know, we caught five or six keepers at the B spot and the big fish at our B spot. Uh, we left there mid-noon, not yeah. noon or so, to, yeah. and ran back to our a spot, a spot and a different boat was in the vicinity. Another, <laughs> yeah. So it just was not meant to be that day for us to fish that A spot no matter what. So then the, the, we said all that to say that, you know, when you're out weekend fishing and, and, you know, you get in the boat and you get your things together and you're out there going 
and you realize, you know, you didn't bring your sandwich or you didn't bring your snack or, you know, you, the, all these things are just, they're, they're variables that pop up. And uh, when, when you start throwing some money on the line, you realize real fast how quickly things change. And I was talking with a friend of mine who's on the bass circuit. He's a freshwater guy. And, um, you know, he said when, when he goes out and he targets a lake and, and they start doing what they call a pre-fish or a pre-run, uh, they may have, you know, up to up to 12 to 15 spots, uh, their A spot, B spot, whatever. And uh, he was in a tournament recently where, like, his first seven spots were taken. Wow. So, yeah, so wow. he, he's like, you know, I hadn't, even, I hadn't even thought about fishing anything past number seven. So you can't fish within 50 yards of a competitor's boat and 100 yards of a boat that is fishing with live or dead bait. Right. So we would have been in violation. Well, yes. And see, sure. but I, don't have, I can't tell you. I don't have a range finder on the boat, so I can't go, oh, yeah, he's, you know, 103 yards, you know? Yeah. And so I just didn't want to take the chance of uh, it coming back to bite us in the rear end, you know? Yeah. So it's it's the the prep that we're talking about and the things that go into, you know, fishing a competitive tournament. And uh, so anyway, that's about it for that. So what else we got coming up here in our well, area? What were you saying? You finished your story. What you were saying about your guy, he ran to seven spots and what? Yeah, he found that there was locals, uh, you know, weekenders sitting in his tournament spots. Well, it's funny. You know, you know, our A spot, we had fished out there or gone by it or fished it and or fished out there, uh, God, for a month, yeah. five weeks. Never saw a saw sitting there. Net, yeah, not not on, not on that particular area, but yeah. we did see some down the around it, around but, it, but they yeah. weren't that close, you know. Yeah, and but to, to pull up there, yeah, it was kind of disheartening. But and yeah. you know, well, you, tournament fishing is like a lot of fishing. You got you have to be mentally prepared, <clears throat> and in my opinion, you have to be mentally tough because the weather can you know break you down mentally. Going up to your A spot and someone being there can be you know, break you right. down mentally. I mean, I know you. Even you know last Saturday was kind of a little deflated. You made it, you know, I think you used the word deflated. Yeah, uh, and it is it's kind of deflating when you know that. Well, you have you, a plan. We had a plan and put so much effort and time into it, but you know you can't you, you, mentally. You have to stay strong, and you know that's what we did. And uh, you how fast it turned around. We started catching fish. And oh, we yeah. caught that big fish, and we we're yeah. right back in it. You know, oh, but yeah. but it is. But the point is mentally, you have to be just sharp, and you have to just stay on your game and keep grinding. Yeah, and I believe that's probably any tournament prep. Um, and it's probably a good thought process even for the weekender guy, Absolutely. the recreational guy. So whether you're fishing freshwater, saltwater, inshore, offshore, fly fish, whatever fishing you do, you know, you got to think the same way. And, and you know, we just had a, a pier open up here locally. And, um, you know, it was jam-packed, of course. And um, mm-hmm. it's a brand-new pier because it, it got destroyed by the hurricanes, right? It's a new pier here? Yeah. Okay. Out, out at, the, at Jack's Beach. Oh, really? Okay. And um, the, the gates wasn't open uh, an hour, and the police were already called out there because one guy said he'd been fishing that spot on that pier uh, for 30 years, and so he's going to fight, and he's going to get upset, and he wanted to fight over his spot. And... Um, you know, it just shows you how people were hung up <laughs> on those spots. And, uh, you know, and the other guy says, well, it's not your spot. This pier just got built. <laughs> right? right. So, you know, and I don't, I don't you know. know. It, it comes back to the old adage, you know, <laughs> etiquette, respect, several of those things that we talked about uh, a few weeks ago. And, but as far as like us fishing and, you know, tournaments, you, you know, what, what's funny to me is how, you know, when you go and pattern fish, and you know that they're going to bite on this particular tide. And when, for whatever reason, during tournament day, they don't bite on that particular tide, it's hard to get, it's, it's hard from getting discouraged because you know that those fish were there just a week before or five days or, you know, three days before. And so you have to be, you have to be really, 
you know, mentally tough and go, okay, these fish are here. I know these fish are here. Kind of like we did our beast spot. Right. I said, I know there's big fish here. Yeah. So I'd just been there a couple of days before that. Yeah, we knew those fish were there. Yeah, and I said, it's, you, know, you know, we may not, we may run out of time before we catch these fish, but, right. you know, I know that they're here. And sure enough, you know, we wind up catching the big one, but we just, you know, Unfortunately, we couldn't ever land the. Uh, we couldn't get a second one. Land us twenty. We, we caught a second fish, but we couldn't catch a second big one. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I have. We, we were sitting somewhere not too long ago fishing, and um, we were scouting, and um, we were waiting on the tide to change. And if you recall, we had sat there for about two hours or two and a half hours of the outgoing tide, and not a bite. Didn't get a bite. Not That's a right. bite. Not a bite. Not a bite. Mm-hmm. And the water finally slacked, and as soon as it started to come back in, we were bang, 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 yeah, bang. That's right. Right, mm-hmm. so one train of thought says, "Well, fish wasn't eating for whatever reason, or maybe they weren't." Yeah, they got there. lockjaw. <laughs> right, they had lockjaw. So I don't, I don't believe that. Obviously, I think that they were not where we were fishing until the tide changed, and whenever that tide changed, it moved them. It moved the, you know, they kind of move around a little bit. Sure. And what made me think about that was, uh, you know, we were out in your boat last, and. You and I both have that spot lock on our troll motor. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the one of the best things ever. Ever, uh, ever doesn't make you a, that guy says worth his weight in gold. <laughs> it, it's worth, yeah, it's, it's worth my weight in gold. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so uh, um, you know when that thing's on spot lock, it, there's one part of it that sits there in one spot and it's GPS located and it sits there, and the rest of the boat um, kind of just moves and flows with the water, or the wind, or whatever. And I kind of think fish are the same way. You know, they know where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, we had Dr. Ross on on a podcast a few weeks ago, and he discussed about fish being comfortable and what makes them comfortable. And, and they're not going to eat if they're uncomfortable. They're not going to uh, – they're going to find a place where they're comfortable. So, And that's what I think about that day when, when you and I were there fishing that one spot for a couple hours, and then all of a sudden the tide turned, and then, boom, we started catching fish. And it's not that the fish had been sitting there. No, well, they could have been. We couldn't see down there. They could have very well been sitting there waiting for the tide to change. But why would they be? You know, something I think moved them over a little bit, and, well, and I had, there I had they a, were. I had an older gentleman tell me who I respect immensely here in our area, and we were talking about that subject. About I've never seen the beat where fish will come out of a creek or a slough, and you can see them come out of there, and man, you can't get them to eat. But for whatever reason, they will eat on the way back in. So in other words, they'll eat on the incoming tide and not the outgoing tide right. or vice versa. And he said, well, Donnie, he said, don't forget, you know, fish are going to eat where they're comfortable. Right. And I said, well, yeah, well, yeah okay. He gets them he because, you know, they may come out of the creek or the slough, but they're not comfortable until they get to this oyster bed that's 25 yards from it. Right. Or, you know, three foot farther down, down the water there. Right. And, you know, and I've kind of applied that theory to what I tell my clients. It's funny how, you know, you and I have gone fish. And I can go, hey, Ty, I throw it to the left of the oyster bed right there. And you do that, and bam, you catch a fish. Well, you take your clients out there, and you tell them the same thing. Well, they may throw 10 feet to the right of it, 10 feet to the left of it, five foot short over it, and they don't catch a fish because they're not they're not throwing it to me in that strike zone area. Right. And it's the same thing, I think, a lot of times with when you're tournament fishing or even, or even weekend fishing, when you go to a spot and you're like, man, I just caught fish here on this same exact tide. Why aren't I catching them now? Well, you know, you can't see what's going on underneath the water. Right. You can't see what's going on in the you know the middle column of the water, and so if you're there on a Saturday and the wind's blowing one way and your boat's put you know, a certain way, and you throw up in there, well you know you you could be bringing it through it right right through their strike zone. Well you go about the next Saturday and you got a different wind 
or you can't get your boat position exactly how you want it for whatever reason. Right. Well, you know, say you, say you, instead of that, you're bringing it to you instead of bringing it crossways or vertical or whatever the case may be. Right. You know, you're not bringing it through that, that, that column where they're, they're feeding it, you right. know? And you and I know that because our A spot, we have a certain way that we can set up on that spot That's that pulls point. the bait one way in one direction absolutely, or the other. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Right. And um, at low tide, you can see why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can see why it is that way. And that's, um, you know, a good thing is just to, if you have a good fishing spot, a, a place that you want to be. And, you know, I get asked a lot, what makes a good fishing spot? Well, A, uh, are there a place fish, where the fish bite? Uh, yeah, are the fish there? <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's a good thing. If You know, and I guess you got to prioritize your experience, right? So mm-hmm. if <clears throat> your goal is to catch fish and be comfortable... Well, then, are there fish there has to be number one on your list? And then, is it out of the wind or whatever, going to be number two or whatever? And then you list out however you want it. So, you know, if, if you're asked, I, I believe that anywhere that there's structure um, and, and bait, we're going to find game fish. And, and I know that's so hard to believe because so many times, if that was the case, we've got a stretch of river we run, there'd be a pot of fish every 50 feet. Because there's structure and there's food. There's structure and there's food and there's structure and there's food. But there's not always fish there. Um, and it just, it, it amazes me that they wouldn't be. And um, I, well, I think. I think it goes back to like what Mr. Price told me that, you know, the main thing with fish, they want to feel comfortable. And, you know, what that means, I mean, you and I have gone to, and I'm sure everybody out there listening, you got your favorite spot that you go to. And you pull in there, and it looks like it would be just fish heaven. you got oyster bed mounds, and you've got perfect yeah. current, and you've got a flat, and you've got deep water adjacent, it and looks, all these things. That, that, yeah, absolutely, man. Just something like somebody drew it up and put it in the dictionary and said redfish heaven or whatever. Right. And you go there, and for whatever reason, you can't get, you can't get a bite there. Right. <clears throat> you see bait in there and that kind of stuff. So it just tells me that there's got to be something, you know, that – the fish is not making the fish comfortable. Right. Either that, or you're not fishing it the right way. There's well, and I agree with <clears> both. Know, I think those it's, two, well, it's two of those things. I mean, it, yeah. it is. I mean, it's a fact. Well, I mean, the one creek we run out of a lot. You saw last time we were up in there. There's bait everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, and I, I think that things ran so much. People leaving that boat ramp. I think. Yeah. I, I think person. That's why there's yeah. not more fish in there. They don't, they don't feel safe in there. Yeah, there's something. That's there's, what I think. There's but, an, I mean, there's enough bait fish. But what in do there. I know? You know. Well, I don't know. Um, once you know, but there's enough bait fish <laughs> in there to feed a lot of people. Apparently, nothing. Well, yeah, you're right about that. I know, so you know. Yeah. Well, you know some things. Some things. So, speaking <clears> of that, um, what else we got going on here in the Northeast Florida area? Man, we've got, we got the you know, the Jack's Premier, Jacksonville Premier Trout Tournament's coming up. It's put on by Mr. Craig Van Brockland. Uh, it's going to be uh, in April, April uh, 13th and 14th. Uh, the captain's meeting's on the 13th, and... Uh, it's going to be a pretty good tournament, you know. Uh, a boat, that, is that a boat-only tournament? No, that's both. It's boat and kayak. Boat and they and have kayak. division for each, and it's pretty cool. they got a ag- they got an aggregate trout weight, first, second, third, and they, then they have a uh, first, second, third largest trout. Um, and it's, it, it's a good charity. It goes to Heroes on the Water, Police Athletic League, so it's a good time, and it's a good tournament, and it always has a good turnout. And so I look forward to that. And we're actually going to have Mr. Van Brocklin on here also. Maybe a week or so from now, uh, I talked to him tonight, and we're going to try to get him on here next Thursday if uh, Kellum and Riley can't make it, if Kellum doesn't get back in town in time. Right. Uh, we're going to have those have him on here and just kind of break it down for us and you know tell us about the tournament and what to expect and what not to expect and just cover some of those kind of things and uh, you know 
try to promote his tournament for him. All right. Yeah, so. sounds good. I mean, we're going to fish in it, and it's a good. It's for a good cause, and that's. Uh, yeah, I think there's a bunch of stuff coming up. No matter where you're at, no matter where you're located at, there's something going on in your area for fishing. You know, you get out there and go fish. If whether you want to um, be competitive fishing or you just want to get out there and go, just get out there and go. Well, the weather's like I said, the weather's getting nice this time of year. <clears throat> we have had uh, several nice days of weather here in Jacksonville. Uh, the wind is supposed to start picking up. And, of course, as you know, the weather this time of year, you're going to have a little bit of wind, rain in the, either in the morning or in the afternoon. So that's just typical pattern here. But as far as the temperature goes and that sort of stuff is, you know, there's a lot of fish that are migrating, you know, right now and that kind of stuff through here. And so it's, uh, I think, cobia are starting to migrate out there and, you know, whatnot. So it's just definitely a good time uh, to get definitely get outside, get outdoors, and go fishing, you know. Yeah, most definitely, man. Go fishing. Get after it. So, uh so I'm going to give a shout out to, and we'll wrap this thing up this evening. Yeah, we got a few people we want to. Did we ever touch on the elephant in the room? I guess we never did, did we? No, nah, we talked about the elephant's ass, if I can say that. Yeah, we can, but I, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyways, but, it's I probably believe, not, but anyways, it's, we asked folks on our uh, Facebook page, if uh, on our Backwater Hustlers group page, and on our Deep Fishing Podcast page, Backwater Hustler Deep Fishing Podcast page, if they would, uh, you know, submit some you, pictures you of You know what? We did. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Donnie. Um, but I owe you uh, at least one. The uh, we did not talk about the elephant in the room, and uh, we should. And and um, you know, there's um, there's um, you know, there's been some things that's been out there floating around, and this, that, and the other. And uh, and we're gonna talk about it next week. So uh, you guys want to hear what we gotta say? Tune them on in. That's fine. We can do that then. Yeah. I just uh, been conflicted about that. I've caught a lot of grief uh, from a lot of it. And um, we hope that folks does, don't base, you know, what this show's about off of one uh, show. And well, off a three-minute clip. Well, it was taken out of context. But anyway, that's the end of there. So if you get to be the Hamburglar, can does, I be? does that mean I get to be Snuffleupagus? You could be the Big Whopper. Or the Grimace. The Big Whopper. But I want to, uh, like I said, we asked folks to put, uh, you know, just post some pics, maybe in a fishing report and whatnot. So there's a couple of folks that I, they, had, they posted some pretty, pretty cool fix. Some pretty cool picks uh, on the backwater hustler. On the backwater hustler, <laughs> backwater hustler. Yeah, hustlers. Uh, Mr. Frank down in, down in Palm Valley with a couple of nice, really nice redfish. Uh, David Matzik, Officer David Matzik here in Jacksonville. He's a police officer here in our area. Thank you for your yeah. service. Is he a boat guy or is he a kayak guy? I think he's a kayak. He's, he's, he's a straight kayak. Is he a straight kayak guy? Yeah, kayak guy, yeah, yeah. good fisherman. Yeah, he's a pretty good fisherman. Yeah. yeah. You know, I did see. You know, I used to kayak fish. I I did it for about eight years. Never done it. And um. And I've it, done it one time. Excuse me. Let me just make sure I'm factually correct. I did it one one time. Well, you know, I, I do think that it, it helped um, to hone my skills to a certain point because, you know, I, you don't have the option, you know, when you're in a kayak like you do a boat to say, well, fish aren't here. Let's get up and run. You know, you're limited in your ability. <laughs> so you got to pick the water apart. And, and you and I discussed it on a previous podcast on how to dissect a river and a creek mm-hmm. and how to break those things down. And I think that for a starting point, if someone really wanted to, get involved in fishing and really understand where it's at and and um you know that might be a good way to go but yeah i just i admit i heard you mention him and, and you said he was a kayak fisherman so i want to give him his props right and also uh josh jordan um buddy of ours who fishes in the fla uh, picture of a big big black drum he caught apparently the drum are starting to run through our area here now like been in nassau sound and the indian and whatnot and so there's been some really really big black drum coming through uh, and also dustin nobles over uh 
uh, his father, J.D. Nobles, lives over in the Horseshoe Beach area. And they said this time of year that they get really thick over there. Uh, they said nothing like sight casting or catching a you know eighty pound black drum in yeah, the black three drum. foot of water. So if you get a chance to go over there and check that out, that, that's apparently pretty awesome. And um, so those are just some really cool pictures that guys sent us in. Chris Altman sent us a cool picture as well. So uh, there's a lot of cool pictures now. We appreciate them. Keep them coming. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, man, please feel free to do so. Like we always tell everybody, you can reach us on Facebook. You want me to read them off? Go ahead, too? read them off, brother. Yeah, I got them here. Uh, it's all our social media garb. Uh, Facebook, we can be found at, at Backwater Hustle. The closed group, if you'd like to join on Facebook, is at Backwater Hustlers. Our Instagram handle is at BCK Water Hustle. Twitter, at BCK Water Hustle. Our website is www dot backwaterhustle.wordpress.com email address backwaterhustle at gmail.com and our podcast can be found on Castbox or Google Play. Oh, sounds good, brother. And just uh, something we're gonna be releasing here in the next couple of weeks also. Uh we're getting into a little venture with uh we me and Ty and I have a sponsor, uh, the Six Mile Fishing Company. Six mile. Six mile they 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 put out some pretty awesome headgear and some shirts and whatnot. And uh, we want to thank them for obviously supporting us even even long before uh, this this came about. But uh, they're gonna they're gonna get on board with a you know maybe like a limited edition or a special edition uh, signature series backwater hustle hat. Uh, so you can maybe pick up a hat or shirt. That'll be available, Donnie. For will that be available for sale? Yeah. Yes, it will. Okay. Yes. And we'll have a list of places where they decide to put them at either up on our, our website or on our uh, Facebook link and whatnot. We're also gonna put up a link to their six mile gear. On one of our uh, sites, uh, Lloyd's Construction. Also, uh, they uh, they they helped me and tie out this past week in the Fart Pro, and they're going to continue to do so. So we really appreciate their help. And there's several other ones. You know, PowerPole was, uh, was obviously a major sponsor for uh, the Florida Pro, but those guys did a good job down there and put on a class act of a tournament. And we really appreciate it. And all of our other sponsors, we uh, appreciate your help. And thank you very much. And and obviously the folks at home, you guys listening, and you guys that are. Uh, signing up to be part like I said the Backwater Hustlers and on our Backwater Hustle the, the podcast page we really appreciate it but go on CastBox check out our all of our other episodes listen to them completely listen to the whole thing yeah don't take it out of context listen to it from A to Z yeah let us know what you think let us know what you think if yeah. you got a if you have a, a, a you know what we what we like to hear obviously is hey you guys did a great job that sounded really wonderful woo 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 but what we really want to hear is you know where are our short where are our shortcomings uh, you know if we're if we're falling down somewhere we're missing something we're saying something you guys don't agree with or we're saying something you don't like that's what we need to hear because those things are only going to make us better and the the more of those things that that we hear and you just don't share amongst yourself but you actually let us hear then we can get better and we can provide a better product for you guys out there listening and and uh, that's our goal here is to provide some quality fishing entertainment for you folks so if you got a complaint. Um, let us hear it. You know, let us know what you want to hear. Let us know where we need to, what we need to be uh, discussing, wind, weather, water, whatever. If it's, did, you, did you see my dog, by the way? I don't. I haven't looked yeah, for Millie, your dog. I got Millie groomed a couple of days ago at uh, some pet place. That's so pretty good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, although I'm just looking at, looking forward. Just well, I thought she was in here. But anyway. But uh, yeah, man. Feel free to give us a line, man. You know, give us a call or uh, you know, email us or shoot us a message on Facebook and say, you know, hey, this or that instead of. Uh, uh, you do what you want to do. You're gonna do what you, you're gonna do. You we're gonna yeah. do us. So hey, yeah. this is the backwater hustle, man. I'm Captain Don Taylor Jr. Captain Ty McNeely, 
And you've been listening to the Backwater Hustle D Fishing Podcast. That's it. See ya. See ya. Hey guys, you've been listening to the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Check us out on the web at backwaterhustle.wordpress.com or check us out on Facebook at Backwater Hustle D Fishing Podcast. You can reach us at bckwaterhustle at gmo.com and hit us up on Instagram at, at bckwaterhustle. This has been the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Out. That's all he is, Captain Donnie.